This is a day of, of the outpouring of God's Spirit. Th that's good news. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said would happen. He said, your sons and your daughters, what would happen? They'd prophesy. Old men, I forget the old men see visions and or old men dream dreams and young men see visions. Well, those are just some of the characteristics of our day. The age of grace. The day of the outpouring of God's Spirit. I'm going to understand a day doesn't always mean 24 hours. You know, when the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. Well, when was that? Because could that be today? Well, yeah, it's today. You know, remember, is it is it 1 Corinthians 8 or 2 Corinthians 8? Uh, that says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. What day is that? <laughs> yeah, and tomorrow is today, but it's 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 in this uh, dispensation or age of grace. It's from the time that Jesus came busting out of the grave until the time He comes and gets us. This is an acceptable time. God likes this day. Yeah, I think we should take full advantage of the day in which we live. Amen. Not for a moment. Uh, revert back to a different day or even just be focused on some future day come on now I want to live today what's happening today it's I'm accepted by God it's a day of salvation salvation comes so easily now so easily I don't have to do anything and it's just there why because that's the day it is <laughs> amen if it were a day of sadness, it would be easy to be sad. But if it's a day of gladness, it shouldn't take any effort whatsoever for us to put a smile on our face, for us to enjoy life, for us to be full of God's Spirit and God's presence. I mean, it's just normal for this day and hour in which we live. What, what things are normal? The outpouring of God's Spirit is upon us to prophesy. It's just kind of a normal thing. Amen. I know some, some might think that's strange, or that's strange sounding. The Spirit of God, who knows everything, He's the one who's been poured out. You, you, know, you know, being filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues, is a normal practice for our day. Now, if you'd have come along thousands of years ago, you know, in the first few thousand years, that wouldn't have been normal at all. In fact, nobody even ever did it. No, no one would. And, and I don't have any indication that when our day gets over, that that will be involved, that, that will be a part of it. I don't think that, that we'll be doing that anymore. But today we do. What a tragedy for me to miss out on that opportunity. <laughs> Amen. To be filled with the Spirit. To speak, to prophesy means to speak for another. Or it means to speak by inspiration. That means you're empowered and enabled to say things that didn't originate with your own thinking. Literally, God puts something in you and it comes up out of you. 
It's not always predicting the future. Many times it's just speaking the goodness of God. It's speaking praise to God. It's being edifying. It's lifting up. It's not tearing down. Amen. Amen. But it's something that's normal for our day. We speak by inspiration of God. Who does? We does. <laughs> In New Orleans, they say, who dat? <laughs> we say, we dat. <laughs> we the ones. We the ones speaking by inspiration of God. Hey. Amen. Amen. Stay in this flow. I, I want to show you something, though. In uh, John, thank you, Lord. John chapter 14. Somebody say, I dat. <laughs> say, I'm the one living in and outpouring. I'm the one filled with the spirits. I prophesy. I see visions. I dream dreams. I move with God. I live my life with Him. Amen. <laughs> not waiting for it. We're not waiting for this someday. We're not saying, we got to get more people to pray so this can really happen. No, this has already happened. For us, we were born into this day. Physically, I mean. We were born into this day. We showed up and that was our day. We didn't control that. But here we are. Let's not mess it up. Amen. Let me see what I want to read here. Hold on. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is good. Well, let's read. Let's look over here in verse 12. That'll work for any service, huh? <laughs> Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about our day. He's, talk, he's shortly after this about to leave. And then our day starts, the day of salvation, the day of the outpouring. And what did he say? He said, you're going to act like I do. In fact, you're going to even do more than I do. Why? Because I go to the Father. What happened when Jesus went to the Father? Basically, he traded places with the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. All right. In other words, Jesus' ministry was highlighted. But then there was going to be a change when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was going to be highlighted and His work was going to be prominent in the earth. It's not like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work independent of each other. No, they all, uh, all three members of the Godhead all right, are always continually at work in us. Everything proceeds from the Father, is administered by the Son, comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. However, uh, there is a, an emphasis in our day on the move of the Spirit. You see, in the book of Acts, when this time started, it was normal verbiage. 
normal terminology for people to say the Holy Spirit said or the Spirit said to me or the Spirit for, uh, you know, forbade them or the Spirit did this, the Spirit did that. When prior to that, you didn't really see that so much. Jesus made mention of the Holy Spirit and stuff, but uh, you didn't see that language as far as everyone was just going along, you know, uh, in the Old Testament, and, and the, the Spirit told someone to do this, the Spirit told someone to do that. Now, it was just related to the prophet, right? But all of a sudden, it became normal. It became commonplace for the average Joe, everyday believer, to have God talking to him. Yeah, and there are still prophets, don't get me wrong. There's still those who operate, say, on a higher level of being a mouthpiece of God. But everyone was getting stuff. Okay, people would be filled with the Spirit. And you can read about uh, certain times when uh, just people in the church, like in Acts 19, the bunch of guys, not a big grunt bunch, just 12. Twelve guys got filled with the Spirit. Paul laid his hands on them. They were filled with the Spirit. They started speaking in other tongues and prophesying. And they prophesied? Well, why did they prophesy? Well, that's what happens in, the, in an outpouring. It does. People will just prophesy. Well, in other words, people will just be inspired to speak the words of God. I tell you, well, one of the best things that can happen in the earth is for what God wants to say to come out of a person's mouth. That's why things can be so great in our day. God it was, has always looked for an individual ever since the fall. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ever, he's always looked for individuals to speak out his word. He made covenant with Abraham and, 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 had, and had, had someone to carry out his will in the earth. Now in the new covenant, his, everyone who gets saved, God moves in. And then... And then in the early church, everyone got filled with the Spirit. Today, everyone still can, but some just don't know. They get filled with the Spirit, and then it becomes normal to speak by inspiration of God. Oh, yeah, just throughout the day. Just throughout the day. Not that you have to be in your car, pull over to the side of the road, Yay, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) No, I mean, you can do that if you want. But recognize that there is, a, there, there is an outpouring. There is an anointing of the Spirit of God who wants to speak through you when you pray, when you say, when you do various things. This is normal activity. It would be odd if we weren't prophesying. What I mean by that? It would be odd for believers in the New Testament to not be speaking by inspiration of God. For you to find things that time come out of you and you recognize, and that's the Spirit of God right there. There he is. He's talking through me again. That's what he does in this day. It would be odd if we never saw anything. Sometimes people want to make it out to be weird. Are you seeing things? (laughs) I hope to God, yes. (laughs) Are you listening? I should be expecting, because of the day in which I live, to see things. What do I mean by that? Have insight. Have revelation. At times, exactly as it says, visions. Dreams that are more than pizza dreams. But spiritual dreams. Amen. And I realize sometimes some people are given more to certain moves of God's Spirit than others, but 
the move of God's Spirit is for every person's life. Amen. I really believe the Spirit of God wants to move, and is already, in waves in here, in waves. Oh, thank you, Lord. To, I, so we don't live just a natural life. So we don't just live a, 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 a Christian life simply and strictly by principles. And I thank God for principles, godly principles. But we live a spirit-led life, a spirit-filled life. Praise the Lord. You know, they were instructed. I say they, the Ephesians were. Ephesians chapter 5. They were instructed to be filled with the Spirit. And they were, understand, he wasn't telling them to be baptized in the Spirit because they were. I mean, again, that was a normal part of church in those days. It was a little bit different than our country and th- how things are today. How you'll go to one church and they'll uh, operate in this and another church and they don't believe in it. But they're still saved, you know what I'm saying? Still, we still love them. But not every church has the revelation. Back then, the church was just kind of getting started. And so every, every church had this. All right. There weren't denominations yet. The, there wasn't time for, the, for something to get started in power and then dwindle into man's flesh. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Many of our denominations in our, in, that are in the world today, they started with a move of God. I mean, God's Spirit was poured out and just tremendous miracles and outstanding things took place. But over many years, they've dried up. And many, many of them don't even actually preach the gospel anymore. It's just become a religion, just become a social thing. And uh, it's, it's, what, it's what was prophesied. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Okay? And so in, 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 in Ephesians 5 again, you, you've... You can read that, many of you have. But they were told, be filled with the Spirit. Those who uh, understand and, and study Greek tell us the tense there is continuous. That it means be being filled or be continuously filled with the Spirit. Well, well, why? Pastor, I've already been filled with the Spirit. The Bible tells you and me who have been filled with the Spirit to be filled with the Spirit. Why, well, why would we be told that? Because it's an ongoing process. It's a ongoing, not that it doesn't happen all at once. It can happen all at once, but it must happen continually. Just because I have been filled doesn't mean I don't need to be continually filled. Right. Why? Well, that's going to enable me to do this thing called Christianity. I mean, what, it, listen, Jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But when we get outside of the power of the Spirit, you get into heavy and hard. I'm telling you, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And this becomes a, there's a great ease and a, and a grace to what we're doing. But that's when we're operating in the way that he designed. Ephesians tells us all about who we are in Christ. And then goes into telling us to walk worthy of our calling in Ephesians 4. And then he goes back and says, be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because he doesn't want me trying to do this by trying, my, trying extra hard. You know, January comes around, I'm going to do it this year. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's not a good, that's not a bad desire to want to do that. But if we, how many understand, if we do the diet the same way we did it last year, come, come November, we're fat again. <laughs> I think we can relate to that, can't we? <laughs> I'm not picking on anyone. 
I'm just telling, uh, saying, when, when the Lord wants us to live a certain way and act a certain way, it's not that, come on, work up enough, enough willpower and you do it this time. Come on, suck it up, discipline, come on, do it. It's called be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit allows me to live a supernatural life. If it were all about my discipline, then, you know, I guess if it were high enough, I wouldn't need it, but then I didn't need Jesus. I just live a sinless, perfect life. But all of us have, have demonstrated that that doesn't work. Right? That was, wasn't that the, what the law was designed for anyway, to show people? God gave Ten Commandments just so, so people would know you're going to fall on your face. You can't do this. This is either about my grace or it's, or you're, it's not going to work. Amen. And so he told them to be filled with the Spirit, didn't he? <laughs> And, uh, and so that's for us today. We live in an outpouring. So bathe in it. We live in that time. There's no limitations. There's no withholding of God's presence for anyone. There's no qualifier other than Jesus paying the price for our sins. Nothing else I need to do except be filled with the Spirit. And in that I can do anything. In that I can live this life. In that I can rise up. In that I can be, I can live a spiritual life, not just a natural life. If things have ever seemed dry to you, can I tell you? You're not full. You've never been filled with the Spirit and been bored. You've never been full of the Spirit and said, This is hard. I'm telling you, you haven't. Because when we get full of Him, it's, there's something about it that is beyond us. If I'm on my own, there's definitely some things that are hard. But if I can allow myself to operate in this outpouring, and God intended for us to flow. <laughs> we use that word because, well, the, Jesus talked about rivers. What do you do in a river? float or flow you flow when I'm in the river I'm flowing and that's not hard unless I'm going the wrong way (laughs) thank you Lord anyway I didn't read these scriptures yet John 14 Jesus said in verse 13 and whatever whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he may, that he may give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world uh, cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will, when's that? That's our day, huh? He will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. We will? It's a different kind of seeing. Because I live, you will live also. And that day, at that day, you will know that I am uh, in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love Him and manifest myself to Him. Amen. 
Where's that verse that says the father, it's the Father himself who loves you? Verse what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 16. Chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will uh, tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. That means I will ask or pray to the Father for you. He's saying in that day you're going to ask, I'm not going to ask for you. For the Father Himself loves you. Because you've loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. Notice that language. The Father Himself loves you. Therefore, you can do this. See, they were in a habit of whenever they had need, they would go to Jesus. And that, that's kind of hard not to do that if He's there. They would go to Jesus. But I'm telling you, that mindset, people have skipped over what Jesus revealed, and many people live there today. Amen. Still in the mindset, if I need something, I go to another person, because maybe it's condemnation, maybe it's feeling like I'm unworthy, or feeling like I'm not good enough, or my faith is not sufficient. We want to go to someone else and get them to go to God for us. Even with, uh, some of you have uh, been involved in uh, the Catholic Church. With, within some of their teachings, they go to a saint. You know, a previous some believer that passed away. A saint, certain saints, and they ask the saint to pray for them to go to God on their behalf basically. It's that mentality that I can't go straight to Him. Like, my prayer isn't good enough. Something's wrong or I'm insufficient. I'm incapable somehow. I've got to get someone else to go in there for me. Why why would we think that way? Maybe it's fear. I can't go. No, I can't go in there. (laughs) I'm not going in there. You go in there. You go ask Him for me. (laughs) I'm not going in there by myself you go in you you ask but Jesus showed us here the way out of that how many know how, how do you defeat fear perfect love casts out fear the way I'm not afraid to go to the Lord by myself, on my own, is when I know how much He loves me. When I know I'm going to show up and I open the door and there's going to be a big honking smile on God's face. He said, hi. But if I don't know that, I could think, you know, if, if, I, if I feel condemned, if I feel unworthy, if I feel like I can't do this, I'm not even going. I want to get you to go for me. I want to get someone else to pray for me. 
And don't take this to the extreme like people can't agree in prayer. That's not the point here. But we should all have an understanding that we are accepted, as Ephesians 1 says, in the Beloved. The Father Himself loves me, and therefore I can go. I don't necessarily need someone to prophesy for me or prophesy to me. I can prophesy. Why? Same Holy Spirit's in me. That's in anyone else who's used of God. And we're on equal planes in Christ. None of us are better than the other. There's none of us who are superior to others in here. In standing with God. It's all the same. Yay. So he said, I'm not going to ask him for you. You're just going to ask in my name. You're coming through me, but you can ask. He will hear you. The Spirit of God has been poured out on you. You can speak in your own tongues. You don't have to borrow somebody else's. That sounds funny, but, you know, I know some who have tried to get others filled with the Spirit that way. And they, you know, they've had them say the vowels. <laughs> you know, A-E-I-O-U. And they get them to say them really fast. If you say, <laughs> they get them going, get them going, oh yeah, that's it. No, that's not it. <laughs> you can have your own tongues. You can have your own spiritual language. Amen. I don't have to give you one. You can have your own. Amen. <laughs> I can be filled with the Spirit all by myself. I got, my, I got my own supply. I don't have to borrow yours. Amen. Let's look, let's look over at James. Well, I tell you what, I can sense the Spirit of God stirring, stirring some things in here. Amen. James 5. I mean, you can see where I'm going here now. Nobody? <laughs> James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? What should he do? He should call on the, the saint of suffering to pray for him. No. He should call the prayer chain. Is that what it said? He should call, who else could he call here? <laughs> he should call the pastor. Now, I, I, Connie said that, I didn't say that. Well, I repeated it. I just don't want to give people the impression that, you know, we're closed. But we, <laughs> but we didn't do need to understand the Bible here. If anyone is among you who's suffering, what should he do? Pray. Who should pray? The suffering one. 
should pray. Man, I am hurting. I got to get someone to pray for me. That's not what the Bible says to do. You're suffering, get someone to pray for you. The Bible says you should pray. Well, I can pray and I... Well, yeah, Jesus said the Father would hear you. He said the Father, he said the Father himself loves you. What makes your prayer any less powerful than someone else's prayer? They're no more saved. They're no more righteous. They're no more loved. They're no more holy. We're either in Christ or we're not. Right? Amen. You know, the Scripture said, Jesus said in John chapter 8, Whom the Son has set free is kind of free. Is partially free, waiting on total freedom. Is definitely on the freedom path. And if they stay on that path one day, if they get enough people praying for them, they might be free. No. Whom the Son sets free is, is free. When did I get my freedom? The day I got saved. I received the Son setting me free. I was translated from darkness to light. To the kingdom of his son. I was set free. So if Jesus is right, then I'm free. Amen. Amen. And so is any among you suffering? Let him. What should he do? Why? Because his prayer works. Amen. Because his prayer works. Is any cheerful? Is, any, is anyone cheerful? Let him call somebody else. To sing them a song. Or to sing for them. Is that what? It's interesting how this is in the same verse. Where we sometimes gravitate. Anytime I have a prayer need. I need to get somebody else to pray. But yet it almost sounds silly. If I'm really happy. I'm going to call a bunch of people. And see if they'll sing for me. Sing, if I can get them to sing some psalms. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> could you do a little bit of singing for me you might think why <laughs> why would you want me to sing and I said well just because I'm, I'm really happy today <laughs> you might say that'd ruin it <laughs> no <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense but how many know we should do our own singing? And we should do our own praying. Even in church, when we get together in times like these, when we start to rejoice and, and, and praise and worship God, who should do it? Amen. Well, you should. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want to experience the fact that God loves you and hears you when you pray, you need to be doing your, your praying, and you need to be doing your singing, and you need to work. Don't, someone else is going to run for you. You do your own running. Amen. 
Someone else isn't going to do all the stuff for us. It's, I'm saved. I'm set free. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm living in an outpouring. I don't know what you're going to do. But I know what the Lord has done in me. We oftentimes talk about, and we emphasize this in our circles, uh, about having a personal relationship with the Lord. Right? Sometimes we'll talk to, you know, maybe religious people or uh, those who have a, you know, some idea of God, but they're not really saved. And we'll use that language. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And that's true, and that's right, that's good language. But I think a lot more things need to be personal. Too many times Christians are standing aside watching others do. They're observers. Can I tell you at times when, I, at times when I've uh, led people in worship, and it comes in from my heart, to have people lift their voice or sing out to the Lord in praise. That sometimes it's very interesting to watch the response of people in church. I mean, you know, in church where the vast majority of them are Christians. They have a personal relationship with God. And yet the Spirit of God will move for each individual to lift their voice, to praise, to sing out. And oftentimes, there's a number of people who just look. There are those who are yield, there are those who are yielded, and they personally are, you know, having a time, and others just watch. And I think, hmm, that's interesting. You have a personal relationship with the Lord, but you're not personally involved. Amen. Is any afflicted? Any suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing. Amen. So, so what about that other verse? Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Again, this is one of those areas uh, that I've been, I've been uh, taught from the Greek. Those who study that say the implication there is those who are in a place beyond helping themselves. It's not just every time I have something, I have a need, I'm calling Terry to pray. No, it's if I get to a place, if I'm in a place where the problem is bigger than me for whatever reason, we don't have to go into that, but I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not able to get it for whatever reason that is. It's not God's fault, you know, but I'm not succeeding in my, in my getting my answer what I need. Then he says, then you call someone else to help. We are a body, we're a family, we do that. But the normal way that this works in, in our day is uh, the Lord wants to move in your life. He wants you to have a personal encounter with Him. There needs to be a defining moment or really moments in your life and throughout your life where you personally have an experience with Him. He's answered your prayer. You prayed. And you got it. He came through for you. Amen. You had a time with Him. where You knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God spoke to you. 
I'm not saying that has to be every day where you have, you know, some radical experience that changes your life. My life isn't changed every day. But as we walk with Him, there's got to be a bunch of personal stuff happening here. Or I risk falling into a trap of religion where I'm just going through the motions, where I become, I can become legalistic. I'm just living my life by the rules. I don't want that. I want an, a, live, a living relationship with God. And there's no question in my mind that that's what He wants. That's what Jesus intended our day to be all about. Amen. Where His law was written in my heart. I'm not just following a code. His Spirit's in me. And He lives in me. And He talks to me. And I walk with Him. I pray and the Lord hears me because He doesn't just love us. He loves me. We're not just going to worship Him. I am. <laughs> We're not just going to get a little bit excited. I am. Because this is real in my life. I want to have the things of the Lord be as real to me as my shirt is. As real to me as something physical in this life. Me. But again, this relationship with God that I have is not theoretically personal. It's just not something we talk about. I have a personal relationship with Him. And I live with Him every day. It's not just that we worship. I worship. Why? Because I know Him. He's done something for me. He has saved not just us. He saved me. He's not just our God. He's my God. Amen. He has the ability to do that. I can't comprehend that. But He has the ability to relate to us corporately and individually at the same time. Where he can be saying something, for example, through me now to us. And he can be saying something to you on the inside, in your heart. He's got the ability to do that. Amen. And, and so I, I really, I want us to give place to the Lord. So he can talk to me. I mean that he can talk to you. He can move in your life. His spirit can manifest in your seat. And it's a real personal experience that we each have. It's all on an individual level. Yeah, there's ministry one to another. Certainly there is. But I'm not really dependent on you doing something for me. No, because if the Lord moves on you to do something to something for me and you disobey, God's still on the throne. So that's the reason God's been talking to people and they haven't been listening. They're supposed to help me. Well, you could be right, I guess, but he's still on the throne. There's lots of people. <laughs> He'll find someone else. So it still stays between he and I. And we're going to live. We're going to live this life. To the full, and walk in abundance till it overflows. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord.